Hello, sports fans. This is Jeremy Taché, and this is Miami Miked Up, presented by Cold Blue Vodka. If you haven't tried Cold Blue yet, head over to your nearest Total Wine or select Sam's Club's locations to pick up an ice sculpture bottle. It's the perfect refreshing drink to enjoy on its own or in your favorite cocktails, mojitos, Bloody Marys, martinis, Moscow mules, and more. Cold Blue Vodka is gluten-free, crafted from American-sourced corn, and distilled eight times. Easy to sip on, enjoyable, and the best part, no hangover the next day. I repeat, no hangover the next day. Our friends over at Cold Blue Vodka gave us a promo code for our listeners. Head over to coldbluevodka.com and use the code BALLY20 for 20% off. That's one word, B-A-L-L-Y-2-0, for 20% off your online order. Cold Blue Vodka, redefining the blue-collar lifestyle. Now, let's get to the show. Hello and Happy New Year, and welcome to a brand new episode of Miami Miked Up. I'm very excited to be back with you guys, and very excited about the guests that we're bringing in today uh, originally knew of her as a West Coaster. Now she's in New York. Um, Ashton Batuso is the editor-in-chief of what I will say is my current favorite basketball publication, uh, Flagrant Magazine, which self-described as an inclusive basketball magazine founded by women and created by the community, or with the community, rather. Uh, mm-hmm. Ashton Batuso, it's so nice to have you here. Thank you for taking yeah. the time to speak with me. No, no, thank you. The pleasure is all mine. Uh, I appreciate meeting you. We were just talking, you know, before about how silly it is to meet people that you feel like you already knew. So I'm excited to do that. Yeah, we're people who met uh, through Twitter.com, which can sometimes be a hellscape, but can sometimes yes. lead you to to wonderful people and wonderful work. Yes. And that's what it did for us here. Um, my first question before we get to anything involving your work is actually, what's something recently outside of your workplace that has brought you joy? I know it's a, that I can actually, be a tough one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I started to think about that um, yesterday because someone like tweeted that, and I was like, "What would my answer be?" And then I like ADHD forgot. Um, <laughs> All right, what so would we'll I bring say? you right back to it. Um, you know what? I got a coffee warmer for Christmas, Ooh. and I am having a blast with it. Like. So- it's just, it's it's on your desk. It's just uh-huh. a little plate, a little hot plate. You put your coffee on it. Your coffee never gets cold. And I'm like, this is changing my life. So that this is needs something. to be a uh, <laughs> a supplement to what I just got from my fiance, which was just an actual like coffee maker where we can make a pot of coffee because mm. I'm constantly mm. wanting to go back in the whole curing process, you know, the whole thing. So I know it's a whole deal. Real ground coffee. Now I feel. Now I feel official. And if I could have a, a coffee yeah. warmer to keep it you warm all get day a warmer. Long, this is going to mm-hmm. be the birthday present to compliment the Christmas present. This will <laughs> yeah. be perfect. Um, yeah, it'll all right. change so, your life. So Ashton, <laughs> we, we do have you here to, to sort of talk about basketball and sort of talk about your life and your journey to creating Flagrant Magazine and, and everything that came with that. So um, what I really want to start with you is just finding out how you fell in love with sports and and was basketball always your favorite? Like what about that game is so attractive to you? And, and yeah, I'm just fascinated about your journey and, and when that love of sport first showed up for you. I actually my first love was football and I, I played soccer for a lot of years as well. But um, I think my love of sports started probably the same way that it starts for a lot of little girls. Uh, my dad and I would watch games together. He was a big Rams fan. Um, so we were, it was like greatest show on turf. Like, yeah. um, 
Isaac Bruce, Tori Holt, that Kurt Warner, that was like our thing we would do. And we do, you know, like every week we would do our little like circle pick em teams in the newspapers and like all those kinds of routines. Yeah. And that was great. So that's kind of what got me started. But um, eventually and, you know, being in Portland, I grew up in the Portland area and all you have really at the time we'd go to Timbers games a lot, but that was before they were even professional. Um, so really like the thing that we had at the time, the thing that we went to was, uh, Blazers games. Mm -hmm. Um, so really I'd say my first love was football, but it's sort of, I even think like today, if you put like any sport in front of me, I could like really find myself enjoying it and, and follow along and like, I don't know, become a big fan of, you know, randomly choose a team probably like I've done, like I did at the NFL and whatever. But yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it started, I guess, I was probably like seven or something. I was Mm. pretty young. Um, and yeah, ever since then, it's just, it's ruled my life a little too much. I can totally relate to that, (laughs) but, but I also am intrigued by then. When did the transition come for you where you knew, okay, I want to pursue the sports world as a career or do sports journalism. When did that click is like, oh, this is an option for me and here's how I can get into it. I actually have, that was always what I, it's like from the beginning. That's what mm. I, you know, at, at first I, sh- I should, that's not true. I wanted to be a professional <laughs> soccer player first, right, uh, like Brandy Chastain. Right. Naturally. Total um, side that note. Was... I just, I'm sorry, total side note, but I just very luckily got to sit in on an hour long lecture from Brandy Chastain <gasps> through my <sighs> fiance's workplace. And she oh is God. just like the most dynamic human <sighs> being. What it a was dream. Um, yeah, it was amazing. She was just like doing this very normal, what she felt was this very normal, like talking to us about her life. And I was sitting there mm-hmm. just jaw dropped the entire time. Enthralled. She's amazing. But Total side note, you can continue from there. (laughs) Um, I could talk about Brandy for a half hour, too. Um, What were we talking about? We were talking about uh, your fandom. Sorry, I I diverted this. We were taking your fandom, turning it into knowing that you wanted to be a journalist, and that came after knowing that you wanted to be a soccer player. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I think, like, even today, if you ask my mom, she'd be like, you should be like uh, you know on a studio show you should be a sideline reporter whatever like that was like that was my dream growing up Mm -hmm. uh when it and like I said it it never really changed and you know I had to deal with a lot of the boys being like you're never gonna do that you're never gonna do that blah blah blah, whatever right when I got to college when I was at Oregon State um I started working I responded to this job interview or job posting on Craigslist um for the football team um, they needed people to edit their game film and shoot highlights and, and coaches film and all, and everything like that. So I started doing that in college and I realized that, um, even, even more so maybe I just wanted to be in some like creative sports hybrid sphere and it didn't have to necessarily just be journalism. Mm-hmm. So I started out there and then I, um, eventually was able to get a job at Pac-12 Networks after that as a video editor and producer and writer. So that's kind of was my trajectory like into sports. I love sports for a while and that's kind of what brought flagrant about because I was like, I'm kind of bored. I'm a little like I'm missing sports. I'm working in like I was working for an agency. Um, an agency life's like kind of interesting. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's a lot. It's you like it's kind of like everyone's just disorganized and disarray. <laughs> but I mean, that was fun, too. But um, sports was really like what I was missing. So um that's kind of what happened with flagrant 
Well, and so let's get into that then. So Flagrant <laughs> Magazine, an inclusive yeah. basketball magazine founded by women, created with the community. Let's talk about how that started. You've paved your own way here in creating this magazine and, and doing oh, something that's unique, you. creating something that is tangible, first of all. And I can't tell you how, how jealous I am of that, to be honest. <laughs> um, there, there's something so unique, even the difference between like doing something like this in the digital sphere and then seeing it on linear television and the difference that that makes to have mm-hmm. something tangible like Flagrant Magazine in your hands must be so rewarding. So how did this idea come to be and how did you get it started? Because it must have been just such an obstacle for you to, to really get this thing off the ground. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get it twisted. I do not do this alone by any stretch of the imagination. Sure. There are. Um, so basically, I guess our origin story is. And like I said, I was looking for a way to kind of work my way back into sports, kind of on my terms, less like, you know, working for the man, that whole thing. And it was just going to be like a little side hustle. And so I approached four of my friends separately that and they didn't know each other at the time. And I kind Mm. of thought like, you know, what do you what do you think about doing this? Like, what kind of roles could you take on? Do you think you would want to do something like this? Um, And so Alex became our designer Brasilia has had a couple different roles, but she's we call her our business B I T C H because she handles <laughs> like the wheeling and dealing and, right. and all that kind of stuff. That's Brasilia. Bethany's our creative director. Um, and we're all in different cities, so that's like presented itself some interesting challenges, but um it's also taught us to be incredibly collaborative and and so you know, group chats are firing like <laughs> all day long. We have like Slack, we have Discord, we have text, we we're we're just like constantly there because like that's right. the process is just like it doesn't it does not stop it's like it's well that's what deal. I find fascinating to be honest as we continue this is for example I'm working here at Bally Sports this is an, mm-hmm. an organized established this is the <laughs> way it's been done for xyz amount of time here's how we communicate mm-hmm. here's how we make television here's how we make things on social media there's an established sort of and, and even from there that's at the local level to the national mm-hmm. level for you guys, you are creating something from scratch from every single magazine, and mm-hmm. you're having to do it with people all across the country. So as yeah. you're communicating with each other, the irony of technology is your greatest friend as you're sort of going backwards from the <laughs> digital age and recreating totally. something that's sort of almost nostalgic there is really totally. interesting to me. And so you guys are constantly communicating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we have our little joke that digital is dead, but uh, we <laughs> we could not do all of this without we could not do all this by carrier pigeon for sure. So um, we spend a lot of time on <laughs> digitally interacting with each other. And then, you know, like our, our social media manager, obviously, mm-hmm. that uh, Sierra, she's in Chicago. She, um, that's kind of a funny little role because it's like, obviously, we have to have a major social presence if you know, you want to be anything, but it's constantly like towing that line of like, how do we jokingly tongue in cheeky say that like digital is dead while also like you know Promoting getting it done digital. digitally right. yeah right which is amazing it's fun to be able to kind of play that balance between the two and and that allows you guys to kind of have sort of a funny voice going into what it is that you're doing but the work that you guys do is also in some ways like very serious yes there's the funny stuff but there's also mm-hmm. you guys are discovering stories and sort of catering to an audience I think specifically, and and don't let me put words in your mouth, but I imagine (laughs) that what you saw is there's an audience of sports fans who 
the general content might not be satisfying that fan base mm. because it also might make the assumption that you have an accessibility point that that might not exist. So you guys mm. are telling stories that to me, number one, a lot of the cases would get would be untold if you guys weren't mm-hmm. telling them whether that's stories of the WNBA, whether that's you know the high school level, the college level, any of those. But also a lot of the time through your social media, I find that like I want to share a lot of the stuff that I see that coming from your whole world with the few people who I know who like want to be into sports, but aren't or weren't raised yeah. that way. And that's really right. special. Yeah. There's, there's something people don't realize. And even like within the group, there's different tiers of like sports fandom and what that means for people and how they like to consume sports. Everyone's different, right? Like I see the, the value in both like, you know, long form storytelling, uh, talking, about things like mental health talking about things like equal pay all those things I also see like you know I can I can get down with you know analytics and those kinds of things as well because um essentially there's no one way to consume sports uh there just isn't so we kind of are trying to bridge those gaps cater to all of those people um give amplify you know stories and voices that aren't necessarily always amplified Um, and sort of just, that's why we, I guess that's why we, um, focus so hard on calling ourselves inclusive and, and making sure we're like meeting that criteria because, um, everyone should be able to engage in sports and like sports. And, and, uh, I think we kind of close that door off to people more often than we even know when we're only presenting one type of way to consume sports. Um, so yeah, we're trying to make it welcoming for everybody. It's even as simple as just being able to like simplify the rules sometimes too and crack jokes around mm-hmm. it. Like there's so many different ways to make sports more accessible. And the way that you guys are are telling these stories, it's like it, it's honestly I've I've taken some inspiration from it in terms of like oh. wanting to tell the human side of sports, right? Like mm-hmm. that's so much of this conversation, whether right. it's you guys, whether hopefully it's the type of stuff I'm doing here or that we're doing in general here at Valley Sports Florida. Mm-hmm. But we're getting to tell those sort of intimate stories. And then there's, you know, other people who like to like so- sort of joke around sports. And that's a way to kind of gauge the human interest. And it's like there's a lot of different ways to do it. I imagine there might be a story or two from the first couple of publications that sort of stand out in your mind is like, wow, I'm really glad that we got this out there. Is there anything that comes to mind or even someone's voice, some some writer who you hired to be a part of the magazine who you were grateful? Like, yes, I'm glad we published this person. Um, it's hard to pick one. Sure. Um, it's and really you don't have to, to pick, pick one. one if there's a number of uh, <laughs> if there's a number of things, honestly, because there is such a wide array. If there's a number of things you'd like to sort of throw out there is, hey, this is the type of stuff <laughs> that exists in yeah, our magazine. Yeah. You could do that, too. Yeah, something that um, something that comes to mind, and it might just be because I specifically love collegiate um, athletics so much. Um, but we were in the the latest issue. Um, Matt Ellen Tuck, who's a, a great prominent WNBA writer, mm-hmm. um, we had him tell Cameron Brink's story. Stanford uh, player on Stanford. She's she's great. She like totally made waves in the tourney and. Um, she, I think, maybe doesn't get the love that she deserves. And I think that's, I'm like very, very into underdogs and very into like talking about people that aren't necessarily talked about so much. Mm-hmm. So we were able to get like Steph Curry to talk about her because they have a relationship uh, because, you know, um, 
Dell is like her godfather and she went to she grew up going to his camps and she hated basketball okay. to begin with and so she she works with Steph she works with Seth a lot um and I think it's funny because like it's it doesn't even necessarily have to be like the hugest most emotional story for it mm-hmm. to like really have an impact and those are the stories that I think I really like because I think it just kind of speaks to the fact that like every person has a story um and I kind of I think generally speaking people love stories um even if they don't really know it like stories are such a huge part of the human experience in life like we watch tv shows we listen to music all of those things are kind of created around a story um and so i think even just like it doesn't even have to be like the the most profound thing um it can just be like here's this amazing person that you should know about which is kind of what we did with the cameron brink piece um, Matt did a great job and um, Steph's people were very nice. And um, so I think those kinds of stories are some of the most exciting. And I, I, it's, it, hmm. I, I feel bad even just only, no, but it, you know, talking about one did, for a second. But what that did is it provided an example of all the types of stories that you can yeah. find in Flagrant Magazine. Mm-hmm. Though These are all the types of stories that you guys have, which is centering around any sort of human being who mm-hmm. m- might have a story that you wouldn't hear otherwise. And that that's what I yeah. find really intriguing about it. Yeah. And we have, you know, we, we obviously do go a little bit bigger with our stories too. Like we had mm-hmm. a, a high school student actually in issue two, she wrote, well, in issue one, she wrote for us as well. She wrote um, why the WNBA should have a team in the Bay area. Then issue two, she wrote for us like the history of women's basketball, because everybody, you know, knows about Naismith, they all know those stories, right? Yeah. But, like, where did it start for women? And it's, it's like, the rules were so different, the outfits were crazy, like, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, like, it, we tell any and all stories, um, and I think that's what makes us great. We're working on issue four now, and I think these are some of the, some of my most favorite stories, so I'm excited for people to see those eventually, too. Well, I certainly look forward to those, and, and, and the real journalism with a capital J that gets done there, <laughs> um, except Flagrant Pod, um flagrant files capital <laughs> yep. j journalism is not necessarily the word that i would use on it's a this soft j a, a yes a very soft j we <laughs> might even like do the y thing with it journalism yeah. um yeah a true-ish crime-ish podcast covering nba conspiracy theories mm. and i so, so literally today i listened to this week's episode um and you guys <laughs> sort of tapped into the david stern and the nba stepping in on the Chris Paul trade that did right. not happen uh, to the mm-hmm. Los Angeles Lakers about a decade ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, I need the the origin story of this concept because I feel like like something like this is it's such a creative endeavor. And I think that like it's, again, such a fun way to connect yourself to basketball stories that technically aren't even really <laughs> basketball even stories. Like it's a way to connect uh, yourself to the game. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting way to put it. And I guess that's that kind of like sums us up in a lot of ways but um (laughs) i i think like you know i think it's best to be very thoughtful when you're talking about creating a podcast nowadays because um it's such a saturated market and you know we knew especially starting out we're not going to have athletes like you get and be able Mm -hmm. to maybe tell those stories in the same way um so we kind of had to think outside the box and be like, what don't, what haven't we seen? What doesn't exist? And also like, who doesn't love true crime pods? Yeah, exactly. uh, capitalizing on that moment right now is like, 
something we felt was people would kind of take to. Um, and I think they have. And Sierra is the best host. I mean, she she has a great voice for it. And she she's very eloquent and she can she can really like handle a room. So that's great because mm-hmm. um, the rest of us are usually just completely messing around. Um, like but you that, said, it's not exactly wonderful. journalism. Oh, but I would say also it's like it shows the chemistry that you guys have. I was so surprised when you said earlier, like, oh, I reached out to all these people independently. I would have assumed mm. lifelong friendships based off the chemistry that exists Aww. within listening to you guys talk to each other because yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's real and it's there and it's like friends chatting about something funny. And to me, that's like what any podcast should be. Like if it's not going right. to be, I guess if it's not going to be a structure where you're hearing from voices that you want to hear from about their mm-hmm. lives, then like... I want to feel like I'm sitting around with friends having totally. a conversation. It's what I assume you love also about all fantasy everything. Like it's the same mm-hmm. type of concept about exactly. Hey, it's friends sitting around talking about something. So when you have that type of dynamic, it it leads to being really fun. And there's so <laughs> many really really silly conspiracy theories uh, <laughs> that you guys have gone into. I'm excited to see. They're what getting the rest- even sillier because, like the the first season was like okay, there's like some evidence some merit now we're just kind of like free balling like really really <laughs> trying to <laughs> trying to dig fun. something up yeah it, that that's what's fun about it is it, it, it is just sort of creating that that i guess silly environment you are listening to miami mic'd up presented by cold blue vodka let me talk about this bottle for a second this is something you don't see every day for those of you listening it is an ice sculpture design that honestly looks like a piece of art it really stands out on the shelf so it'll be hard to miss when you head over and pick up your bottle at your nearest total wine or sam's club locations and this ice sculpture design on the outside is just as smooth as the great taste on the inside you guys need to try cold blue because it is premium quality one of the only liquors that doesn't give me a hangover the next day Follow Cold Blue Vodka on Twitter and Instagram at Cold Blue Vodka. That's C-O-L-B-L-E-U-V-O-D-K-A for South Florida events and new recipes. I'm going to play a, a quick sort of yes or no game with you, and then we're going to okay. get into uh, some basketball. The, the real reason originally, technically, that I was having you on here was to preview <laughs> a Heat Blazers game that I thought was happening on Friday night and that turned out to happen on Wednesday night. My job, my, by the way, is, is to know when these games are. It's my only job. My only job is to know when these games are and when I'm working, and I, I, I got like, that wrong. I think, like, this week is the only time you're allowed to, like, not understand what day You know it what? Is. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'll use this week as the excuse, the yeah. new year, everything with that, but we'll, we'll get into the, the Blazers and Heat in just a second. It's just it's, I'm trying to get this game off the ground. I don't know if it's good. Mm. I'm trying to have legs, and it's just a okay. yes or no layup or airball right layup okay. if you agree with this concept airball mm-hmm. if you don't just three quick things for you pretty cool. self-explanatory the first wishing people a happy new year after new year's day so how do you feel about getting Ugh. a happy new year after new year's day honestly layup layup you like it i think it's a nice little mix into our typical salutations uh so yeah why not 
All right, we'll, we'll take it as a layup. I know um, our first ever guest on this podcast, Israel Gutierrez, absolutely despises <laughs> this. So uh, he I hates it. I can understand that. Yeah, I, I'm, my typical rule is by the end of this week, I'm done. So if I see people yeah. by like next Sunday, I'll be done, that first week of the year. Uh, so what are you going to do if someone does it to you? Are you going to accost them and be like... How could I'm you not gonna, wish me a happy I'm, I'm a coward. I'm not going to do anything <laughs> about anything. I will not ever get into confrontation. So, no, I'm not going to do anything about cool. it. Uh, for anybody listening, if you come up to me and say Happy New Year, it's, it's fine. Uh, corny dad jokes. Corny dad jokes specifically on the internet. Are we a fan of corny Airball. jokes? Airball. <gasps> not a fan of corny dad jokes. Well, I guess there's a difference between mm. corny joke and dad joke. I probably mm-hmm. shouldn't have mixed the two because the... There are some good corny jokes, like even yes. specifically, I heard you guys mention it on your podcast. The I hardly know her uh, <laughs> joke is, yeah. is a wonderful, Classic. a wonderful <laughs> joke. Uh, but I, is that a dad joke? I don't know. So I might have messed up yeah. on the question. OK, that's tough. I think I, I this is sorry. My dog's shaking. In the background. <laughs> awesome. um, oh, you can actually see her. I can see her. Um, <laughs> so I think you're right. That distinction is really important. A corny joke. Definitely a layup. Dad joke, more of an airball, just because I feel like they had their moment a couple years right. ago. And now I just, you know, okay, maybe. Okay, so we're, they're, uh, as the kids say, chuggy. They're out. That's a, that's a yes, word, yep. which I also think is probably chuggy now, the word chuggy, because then yeah. we found it, out about the it. The cycle's fast. The news cycle's yeah, it's fast. Too, it's too fast <laughs> now. Uh, and then uh, saying that the East Coast is better than the West Coast. Okay, I have complex feelings about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Oh man, I'm leaving the whole I... <laughs> silent pause. I'm leaving it all there, the whole moment. I know this is like I actually in my head I'm like yeah the East Coast maybe is better than the West Coast. Uh, but Uh-oh. that's I'm really scared to say that it's on the internet um, now though I know so. and now it's on the internet Um, it's just like I don't know I like the vibe a little bit more mm-hmm. it's very direct which yeah. is cool Um, people are but they're they're still very nice like something that I think people think about New Yorkers is that like they're not nice and there's this like trope that new yorkers are like cranky and stuff but they're not really they're just like i'm gonna be honest with yours west coasters are very like dance around your feelings haha which is like how i am (laughs) but it's night it's like kind of like a breath breath of fresh air but um i don't really love the east coast time zone that i'm in right now but um i'd say it's a layup the east coast is better all right, East Coast better than the West Coast. You heard it Yikes. here first. Oh uh, God, well, and so that's a perfect transition to talk about the Heat over the Blazers. Uh, oh East Coast God! Over- Ooh, sorry, was- bad transition. <laughs> I didn't mean to use that against you. Uh, but the Heat, the Heat did beat the Blazers in their first matchup of the season mm-hmm. uh, in what was a very, very, very strange game. Um, Max Struess led all scores with twenty five. He's, <laughs> he's great. I love Max Struess. He's been just awesome to watch. Kyle Lowry was ejected for underhand tossing a basketball lightly at a referee. Mm. The halftime show was someone putting themselves through a toilet cover. Um, I noticed that you discovered there were two sets of twins in Miami. That's a fun one. And then also Mm -hmm. uh, Tyler Hero and Yusuf Nurkic with a minute left in the game got into a fight that escalated and ended up in ejections as well. What, what, what from that stood out to you? Like, what was the moment last night where you, or I guess by the time people are listening to this, it'll be two nights ago, but from Blazers Mm -hmm. heat that, that stood out to you. That, 
it was such a wacky game. Like, I felt like I just kept being like, what is, what am I watching? Like, yeah, and it kept real. just outdoing itself. I'm like, why is this just getting weirder and weirder? I mean, obviously the halftime show is maybe the weirdest part, but like. It was the perfect the transition out of the Lowry ejection into, we're all freaking out about this Lowry ejection. And all of a sudden this is happening on our screen. Yeah. I mean, the the Blazers this year in general, I don't know if wacky is a good way to put it because it's a little too lighthearted, mm. but it's uh, honestly, this was one of the more interesting games of the year, despite how strange it was. And that's kind okay. of that'll that kind of tells you how things are going for us. Right. I feel like in all of basketball right now, it's just been such a strange season, obviously, yeah. with everything due to COVID and like. We're in this position where I don't think that anybody is really going to know come playoff time who's actually good because the standings aren't going to be indicative of who's actually good at full strength. Wow. I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, it's just going to be be matchups where you're going to have like a, (laughs) you know, a three versus six where everyone agrees the six is way better because maybe they were affected by COVID. So it's this super strange season in a really general sense. But I think that that game was a pretty perfect encapsulation of just how strange it all is but speaking of of portland and how kind of i guess negative this season has been there's a whole bunch of reasons why that we don't necessarily have to go into all of the layered <laughs> stuff but thank you i appreciate obviously that. uh a lot of the intrigue amongst heat twitter or the heat listening audience would be about damian lillard and the mm-hmm. relationship that damian lillard has in portland and whether or not maybe at some point whether that's this deadline or beyond he would be ready to be done with Portland. And I hate to to even pose that as an option mm-hmm. for you. But as a Blazers fan, where do things stand with sort of Blazers fandom and Damian Lillard and his standing with the organization and sort of the end of that road possibly? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's so tough to know. But the one thing that I have kind of tried to like maintain and and kind of just keep telling myself and tell others as they you know spew off whatever they're saying is like the guy has told us so many times he wants to be in Portland until we have any reason to believe anything else maybe we just listen and maybe that's like a naive approach to take but it's you know, maybe it's a survival thing for it's me. It's not going to stop our fan base from making <laughs> Photoshop jerseys. No, no, totally. And, and that's, that's fair and they should and everyone should have fun with it. But what what kind of irks me is like when our fans are like, let him go, release him. Like he deserves better than this. It's like, do you realize how blessed you are to have Damien Lillard on your team? Oh, my it's gosh. Just, if he's telling you he doesn't want to go somewhere else and you're telling him, no, no, you deserve better. It's like, what are we doing here? This is he wants to be here and you're shooing him away for no reason. It's this really weird dynamic that has happened in fandom where there's Mm -hmm. this like this and maybe it was Moneyball and I don't know what really (laughs) did it. But there's this like infatuation with like having the most efficient rebuild and like Mm -hmm. getting like with knowing that your team got out ahead of the rebuild. Mm -hmm. Honestly, and gosh, this is like this is sad to say, but it's like. In basketball, for me, it was like the Kobe Bryant contract that people talk about, mm. right? And and yeah. and sort of like, oh, you don't want your team to end up just sort of middling along. But it's also like when you have one of the greatest players of his generation sitting on your team, why would you shoo him away? That's a crazy idea. Just enjoy it while you have it. And as someone who like, gosh, down here, we have been so fortunate to have so many great players over the last mm-hmm. like decade and a half. But man... 
do I wish I had sort of savored the LeBron moments a little bit more mm. because they yeah. ended before you you were ready for them to end. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, wait a second. We were witnessing something that was an elevated level of all of this. Right. Damian yeah, Lillard I mean, is likely an elevated level of whatever Portland fans are going to have next. And they've they've just, I think, forgotten that. And it's like mm. there's you can make whatever trade, get whoever you want. It's not going to be the way it is right now. We're not going to get enough regardless Mm-mm. of what it is we're not going to get enough like think about the special moments we've had if he wants 200 million dollars whatever give it to him he he's going to be a hall of famer and he will have been a portland trailblazer and everyone will know him as a portland trailblazer and those are the important moments and i think a lot of times it comes down to what we're talking about is like the way you consume sports do you consume sports to win rings of all of us want to win rings of course all of us yes. want to see our teams win rings right but but the stories attached to the players that you have on your team's are such a big part of it too. And I mm-hmm. think that's people just forget that. And I think that sucks. I think that, that we are a fan base who was lucky enough to have 99% of Dwayne Wade's career, right? <laughs> Almost yeah. his entire, we don't talk about, we don't talk about those other cities. Uh, they don't exist. <laughs> yeah. uh, particularly not Chicago. The other one we really don't talk about. Uh, but we, we had most of Dwayne Wade's career. We're witnessing like Giannis in Milwaukee. And mm-hmm. obviously, for both of those players, championships came early, and so it became less pressure on, mm-hmm. oh, get out, get out, get out. And that's right. what happens to so many of these other guys. And it's a shame that the Kevin Durants and Russell Westbrooks feel the need to get out of Oklahoma City just because they're reaching the Western Conference Finals, which is I know. amazing. Like, imagine being one of the four best of anything at mm-hmm. in what you do, you know? But understandably, and trust me, as a Heat fan, raised a heat fan now covering the heat the heat culture is win 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 and that's what we've been around and i'm saying this from like a perched view of lucky to have witnessed it (laughs) and that it's like this privileged element of being like oh man but can't you just accept the fandom after as a you know a child Mm. i witnessed how many rings so there is that lucky perspective but if if you have that guy sitting in front of you, I just, if any Blazers fans are listening, I hope you're enjoying Damian Lillard and please mm-hmm. stop pushing him out the door. Cause I've seen it too. Um, yeah. There's a notion that rings. Uh, what is the, what is the, well, they're, they're like a this. referendum. They're like a referendum on the player and it doesn't need to be true. And it's the yeah. expectation. I'm like, how is this our, how is this Portland's expectation? We haven't won a ring since 50 years ago. Mm. Like how, how is this, like what you're expecting we went to the western conference final before covid got like started to make everything crazy mm-hmm. we were in the western conference finals like it is this, about it, that. it's this interesting dynamic of just deciding whether or not and this is all it's all the same coming back to the same conversation about how and why you consume sports but it's like mm-hmm. are you consuming it for entertainment are you accepting that it is entertainment and When you're sort of coming around these teams and you're talking about like, oh, well, we've reached this far and we've reached that far. And there is this giant level of like, it just sort of depends on when you were dropped into your fandom, how much you should expect. So like a general fan base is always clamoring for championships. But like, I'm a Dolphins fan who doesn't, God, if they just make (laughs) the playoffs, it's like, all right, awesome. You know, whether like my dad is like, hey, I remember the Super Bowl. That's what they mm-hmm. should be doing. And it's a totally different expectation. Yeah, that's so, so interesting. Yeah, I, I I, come from, you know, Trailblazers fandom, Oregon State fandom, which isn't great unless you, if, except for baseball. And then, sure. um, really good in baseball. you know, the Chiefs, and the Chiefs, 
lately have had uh you know great luck which is a lot amazing of but yeah but i think i do that with the chiefs now because you know mm-hmm. i've been watching the chiefs since i was that age watching with my dad because we loved priest holmes and um it now that i now that we have won super bowl i'm mm-hmm. like oh my god i can't believe you know we it, it, i don't even want to s- admit to that but i i find myself doing that because it's like well that's yeah. my expectation it changes now. your expectation look heat fandom after the one championship of Dwayne Wade, there was a championship expectation. But mm-hmm. boy, after the big three, just being a, a competitive team that was <laughs> making the playoffs with like guys you've never heard of helping lead Rodney Magruder starting 60 games and your team going five, you know, 500 and, yeah. you know, him and Whiteside and J- James Johnson and all these guys that like that was a wildly entertaining team. And yet half the fan base is going, well, if they're not winning championships, what does it matter? It's like 30 and 11 in a row. So, you know, all that reminiscing, you look back at, at how and why you consume sports. And so it's actually a perfect example of, of for anyone watching these two teams are really good examples this year, man, just enjoy the teams that you have out there. And in the midst Mm -hmm. of this, like, virus that's literally sending players in and out of the lineup right. and you're just seeing these weird amalgamations of teams enjoy that too enjoy the hell out of kyle guy dropping 17 points <laughs> yeah. for the miami yes. heat out of nowhere oh my God. you know yeah appreciate totally. the entertainment of all of it um okay before i let you go um i do want is there any other like nba storyline outside portland outside miami that that you sort of had your eye on this season we are entering 2022 right now and sort of headed into that that second half of the year so is there anything that sort of caught your eye I think like generally as I've gotten into the WNBA more the last couple seasons um there's always fun stuff coming out of free agency there's so much there's you know the coaching carousel situation with a bunch of the teams uh what it means for Becky Hammond to be a head coach and GM there's all of that and then um that's kind of stuff that's top of mind and then um another (laughs) storyline that's kind of probably will be a silly thing to admit is the Russell Westbrook storyline because I love Russ. I love um, Russ. I, I'm a, uh, yeah. I love him. And I, I was someone who sort of publicly to my own sort of regret at this point, because let's be real about the way that his game has aged. Basically every time he's been out there over the last number of years, I'm like, get him to the heat, get him to the heat. He's the coolest. Uh, <laughs> even though there's been so many reasons why, why the heat should not do that. Um, that right, is an interesting right. storyline. What do you, what are you most intrigued by there? I just, I mean, it's, it's so funny, but I was just talking, I, I don't remember who I was talking to about this yesterday, but, um, the fact that he didn't have any turnovers for the first time was like a very exciting statistic. Um, yeah. I, it sucks. I, I don't like him on, I, you know, if I'm candid, I don't like him on the Lakers because I hate the Lakers. Correct. Um, <laughs> you want him to thrive um, far away from the Los Angeles Lakers, right? Right. Yeah, but I, but I, I also want him to thrive on the Lakers. I just, um, it's the Lakers. Well, man. it's complicated. It's like, I don't you even want dislike him to any thrive, of the players, but you want their demise. So it's this right, really complicated combination. I'm not, I'm not so dissimilar to be honest. I'm not exactly rooting yeah. for the Los Angeles Lakers at this point. It's funny though because they have like people that I root like you know I like LeBron, mm-hmm. I like Russ, I like mm-hmm. Melo, like. I, there are people, but but it's like, ugh, ugh. When I was a so kid, like I was raised, and don't hold it against, against me, but when I was a kid, I was raised a New York Yankees fan. And so mm. I was supposed to really, really, really hate the Boston Red Sox. And yet, 
the Boston Red Sox, as they were like first winning World Series, mm. had like the most lovable team that's ever been known to me. Like one of the most lovable teams. There was a really lovable Marlins team down here when I was a kid. But those Red Sox teams were so fun. And I constantly, uh-huh. constantly found myself feeling guilty when I was like watching a, <laughs> you know, a, a Wednesday night baseball game or whatever. And the Red Sox were on and I was like kind of subtly cheering for a player on their team rooting for them to lose so funny but rooting for the right. individuals it's weird how right. we do this how we have these possessive things that we can't get past and there's like you know this is a dramatic way to put it but we have like all these anxieties and trauma associated for no reason yeah. with like what we did right as a fan what we did wrong as a fan who we secretly rooted for like all this weird stuff like i, I grew have... up a ducks fan i hate the ducks so much more than anything i'm a beave diehard beave i grew up a ducks fan that's humiliating (laughs) and i'm still trying to recover from that yeah well at least uh down here in miami we sort of helped the ducks now be worse right took mario (laughs) cristobal away from them yeah that's what uh, we we can all root for the same thing mario cristobal thriving far away from oregon uh absolutely all right i'm gonna let you real quick before we wrap up and thank you my goodness thank you for taking the time to talk and this was super fun any sort of plugging of anything that you want to do to tell people where they can get the magazine, how they can follow you and the magazine on social media, um, not on Instagram and, <laughs> you know, moving forward. Yeah, I have a bit where I tell people not to follow me on Instagram because it's so much pressure. It's like my Instagram is not it's fun personal. enough for you guys to follow me on. Yeah. Um, but if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at L-I-L underscore B-U-T-S, Lil Butts. Um, the best Twitter but... name that there is. It's my favorite. I told it was the, uh, as soon as I'm sorry. As soon as I followed you on Twitter, literally the day I followed you, I r- called my fiance and was like, "Hey, I just followed this person on Twitter who's just Lil Butts. It's amazing. It's the it's the greatest." I don't even like know where that came from, but um, yeah, follow the magazine at Flagrant Mag on. Definitely follow them on Instagram. They're a better follow than me on Instagram. <laughs> follow us flagrant mag on twitter as well listen to the podcast which is wherever you get your podcasts um it's very silly um we hope people love it we want people to listen to the podcast and then buy our magazine we still have issue three um uh on the website flagrantmag.com i think um yeah i think so based off yeah. of going on there earlier and yeah making sure i had everything yeah, I think it's flakermag.com. Yeah. Yes. I need to get my hands on on issue three. I have issue two at home, so I'm going to go ahead and purchase my <gasps> copy as soon as we hang up off oh, of this call so that everyone uh, everyone else listens and does the same thing because uh, it's good work and really cool stories, as you guys could hear me gushing over earlier. <laughs> uh, Ashton, thank you. Thank, you. thank you so much for taking the time to hang out. Um, hopefully talk to you again on this platform thank at some you. point in the future. And off this platform yeah. at some point in the future. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. When you're in New York or I'm in Miami, we'll meet up. But I really appreciate this time. This is a blast. Of course. Shout out basketball Twitter uniting <laughs> yes, all, all yes. of these people basketball across Twitter the country. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening to Bally Sports Florida's Miami Miked Up with me, Jeremy Taché. And a special thank you to our national sponsor in Southeast Toyota. Visit your local Toyota dealers or toyota.com today and take advantage of the amazing deals on their full line of vehicles. No matter your destination, Toyota goes with you. Toyota, let's go places. (laughs) 